Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! And welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two stories of mm, a kind. Uh-huh. Um, Narrative elements. Yeah. Um, we cross them over as, um, as if it were the shadow crossing over the moon. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very lovely. <laughs> Thank you. And a little bit ominous. Yeah, but you know, well, we things are, are going to get a little bit spooky. That's true. Well, we are post-Halloween, but yeah. we're still in a little bit of spooky mode. I mean, it's, you know, the days are getting shorter. Mm-hmm. You never know where you're going to wind up if you get a flat tire. That's true. Or who your roommate's going to be. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm assuming my roommate is you. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I mean, but like that could be anybody. That's still going to continue on, though, right? It could be anybody, Walt. Will it? You never know. I who's who's going to show up but, tomorrow? Uh, the mechanics of this are confusing to me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but like Bodo will still be here, right? Bodo's always going to be here. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, as long as He's, Bodo's around, yeah. I can handle it. Oh, that's true. So, yeah, but I mean, I think that we are fully keeping a little bit of the spook-em-ups in place. I think so. Because what's scarier than adorkability? So true. You know? It's terrifying. It is a really awful word. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, Annie, what uh, horrifying properties are we crossing over tonight? Uh, today, we are crossing over the Rocky Horror Picture Show and New Girl. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very good. I also like that we always get the tonight and today covered as far as time frames for the crossover. Yeah. Well, because like, um, if you're listening to it when it first releases, it would be probably during the day that's true so really depending on where you live i'm tonight you're today and bodo the perma roommate is this morning it's tomorrow it's tomorrow no he's always forever he's always living for tomorrow because there might be treats yeah right don't stop thinking about tomorrow (laughs) bodo oh buddy well annie why don't you uh keep us moving in towards tomorrow by telling us about rocky horror picture show speaking of tomorrow let's do the time warp again Ooh, i can't believe i just left that one out there right i snatched it up you did well you did a very good job and i appreciate it thank you um so rocky horror picture show is a sci-fi horror comedy musical movie based on the stage musical of the same name it is like the most of all of those words yeah, it's just like, like, let's put everything in a blender. Yeah, and there is no, like, winner of primacy. It's just everything all at yep, once for all hitting on all cylinders all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was released in 1975, which is two years after the stage production, and was written, and both were written by um, Richard O'Brien, and he played Riff Raff in both the original stage production and the film version. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. All right, Richard. Um, he created it as an homage and response to sci-fi and horror B-movies and the glam rock kind of movement. Which is like the most mid-70s thing in the world. Oh, 100%. Like, like hyper, hyper, like, gender androgynous, but still very, like, gendered 
Yeah, like very performers. Well, and also very like it's not exactly non-binary. Yeah. Like it's still gendered in a way, but it's gender bending. Yeah, it's like it's like masculinity through femininity or through like I don't and know. Like, it's and hard. like a lot of like very present sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and sparkles. And disco. lots of sparkles. Just disco yeah. up the wazoo. And weird looking people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. That's all you need. <laughs> um, and although the films received a bunch of bad reviews early on, because I, I mean, you can you blame them? Yeah, it's sort of the critical um, infrastructure of the time. I don't yeah. think was quite ready to support a film like Rocky Horror. Also, it's bananas. Yeah, that's I just want to put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um but the movie became a cult classic thanks to its midnight showings in which audience members took a participatory role in the screenings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ended up being not just a movie, but like a whole event. Yeah. Um, because of this, it's the, the longest running theatrical release in film history. They're always doing it somewhere. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so good job, guys. Get those, uh, was it, residuals? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Man, I hope they all got residuals I, in their contract. I mean, you'd have to, right? Yeah. Oh, fingers crossed. Like, man, you got to just make money off of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story follows a young married couple, Brad and Janet, who get a flat tire on a dark and stormy night outside of a weird castle. Um, inside, they find the annual Transylvanian Convention, which is basically a cross between the Adams Family, Plan 9 from Outer Space, and RuPaul's Drag Race. Very good triumvirate. Yeah, I'm like, yep, that uh, that kind of sums it up. Yeah. Uh, the group is led, led by Dr. Frank N. Furter, <laughs> a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania, a.k.a. Tim Curry in one of the greatest musical roles of all time. Seriously. Now, I have a small question. Yes. Because you, your show notes have actually thrown me into a bit of a crisis because you have put a comma after transsexual, implying that transsexual is a place in Transylvania in this mythos. Yes. I had always assumed it was a descriptor of I, Transylvania. You see, I agree. But then, I, I mean, I looked it up on Wikipedia, so okay. who really knows? Um, but that's how they put it. Interesting. So I don't know. That whole, opens up a whole oh, new wait, realm of no, this mythology. I, um, oh, no, never mind. So at the end of the film, mm-hmm. we find out that they're from the planet Transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. Oh, yes. Okay, I do remember that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So technically, it is an address. It's true. It's, it's a, a location. Yeah, you could send a letter there. Yeah, you can try. As long as you've got a spaceship and and like a bunch of glitter to throw inside well, of yeah, it, because that's the what that's what they accept for postage <laughs> exactly. in the galaxy of Transylvania. <laughs> Just glitter bombs. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Doctor Frank Inferter is working on an experiment to create the perfect man, whose name is Rocky. Mm-hmm. Um, the experiment is briefly interrupted by Eddie, who is Dr. Frankenfurter's ex, um, and he's also the ex of, I think it's Columbia, who's yeah. one of the, the people. Yeah, Riff Raff's sort of second in command. Yeah, on um, I think Magenta is the second in command. Oh, that's right. So someone They've else. They've got such great names. They do. Mm-hmm. And like almost no personalities. They're yeah. just weirdos. They're just, they're like the rude mechanicals. They're yeah. They're just there to like be in the background and doing stuff, but yeah. they're great. Oh, totally. And great, yeah, great costumes, great makeup. Mm-hmm. Fun singing and dancing. I love you guys. Yeah. Um, so Eddie leads the group in another musical number. Um, it's Meatloaf, by yeah. the way. Uh, <laughs> well, spoilers, but yeah. it's Meatloaf. Um, and he is literally <laughs> killed by Dr. Frankenfurter. Like immediately. Like, yeah. So that's that's Eddie. Yeah. But he gets a great number and he gets to ride around on a motorcycle. Yeah. 
Um, Dr. Frankenfurter also poses as both Brad and Janet in an effort to hook up with both Brad and Janet, respectively. Um, hello. Also, this is a note. Consent is necessary, Dr. Frank. And this may be the 1970s, but that's not cool. That's true. To literally make yourself look like other people so their partners will think that they're sleeping with their partner. Yeah, that's a weird plot overlap with, like, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, right? Man. When was that? When was Revenge of the Nerds? That was the 80s. Oh, so they were stealing it. Well, no, I think it was, I don't know. I think this was probably a trope that predates yeah no 1975 no unfortunately um but yeah i think uh i had forgotten about that particularly oogie subtext yeah right mm-hmm. um and i mean i watched it when i was in high school yeah me too. so i think yeah it wasn't like at the time i was like oh that's completely fine but it still seemed like oh but it's like part of this weird movie and, it's and very, now like, i'm looking free back love. yeah but then i looking back i'm like no that's garbage yeah not tim cool. curry i love you but this is not a good move Mm-mm. um so when janet tries to find brad she ends up then hooking up with rocky consensually much, consensually right on um much to dr frankenfurter's and brad's surprise um which seriously dr frank that's like a little hypocritical it's true you're all for this big free loving and then rocky gets to decide who he hooks up with yeah, and you're really calling out frankenfurter well you know i was reading the the summary and i'm like yeah he is he's Dude, hashtag problematic he is mm-hmm. um and again like i love tim curry in this role but we got to call you out for some bad behavior. That's true. Um, meanwhile, Dr. Everett Scott. I also love that we didn't call him out for the murder. Oh, no. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> the brutal murder of Meatloaf. <laughs> I mean. But what some, if where you weren't going to have him as a whole character? Some things will not stand. Nope. Um, so meanwhile, Dr. Everett Scott, who's Brad and Janet's old science teacher and who studies UFOs. And is the narrator. Ha- no. Different yeah. person. Different? Yeah. Oh my, I'm messing everything up. I think I'm almost positive it is a different person. No, you're probably right. Um, I trust you on this one. I trust you on most of these ones because you're the one who did research on this. That's true. I mean, I did look up the the Wikipedia page. Yeah, research. That's what research is. Good job, guys. That's why you listen to this um, (laughs) real impressive uh, podcast. For our attention to the facts. Um, But anyway, so he comes looking for Eddie. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Eddie is literally on the dinner menu. Aww. So we've got some real nice um, Titus Andronicus crossover. Mm-hmm. Also, his name is Meatloaf in real life. What did you expect? Right. I mean, they must have done that on, like, there had to be some knowingness done on that. I would hope so. Like, yes. Uh, more chaos and musical theater hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. Like, literally just Dr. Frankenfurter, like, Things creating a weird underwater musical extravaganza yeah they're thing. all hooking up in a pool yeah and that is when riffraff and magenta reveal that they are aliens mm-hmm. along with dr frankenfurter they are staging a coup basically right and they're gonna take every um all the aliens back to the planet transsexual in the galaxy of transylvania mm-hmm. they release they, or they kill Frank and release the humans and launch the castle spaceship into space. Like you do. It's a very classic it's ending straight out of Shakespeare. It's the end of the movie, and that's how it ends. <laughs> so, so Frankenfurter does pay recompense for his that many, many crimes. That is true. Um, and that's a plot of a movie. That is. That's it's pretty straightforward. It's a very simple A to B to C to Q to X to Y to space to, plot. To, yeah, to hashtag. Also, to Q underscore. and S are hooking up. Yeah, 
As like, they always do. It's true. They're very wink, saucy together. Wink. Oh, and poor R is just caught in the middle. As always. Watching it happen. Oh, R. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I know. He's their roommate. Oh. It's like, oh, R is for roommates. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Um. So, yeah, the characters we got here. Oh, yeah, let's talk about sad, all the characters that roommates. I was just messing yeah. up. <laughs> um, Brad Majors, who is a regular guy. Janet Weiss, a regular girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Frankenfurter, a mad scientist alien drag queen. A little less regular. A little definitely less regular. Uh, Riff Raff, an alien butler kind of person. Yeah. I think he's described as a handyman, but he looks like a butler to me. He's, he's the Igor figure. He's like the the like henchman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I guess I always think of Igor as, as kind of a... Butler? But yeah, like he's, he's more of an assistant, an assistant than I would say. Yeah. He has a stake in things. Yeah, right? He's turning all those cranks. And, and his job is to do what whatever the mad scientist needs. He's an executive assistant. Oh, does he get the holiday? The executive assistant's day? Where he does. Where you get he like, flowers and stuff? Frankenstein gets him a little card. Oh, that's so and, sweet. Uh, or was planning to, but then actually the day before he gets killed by Frankenstein. It's a monster. Yeah. Oh, man. Almost lost my English pedant card. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, mostly t- a lot of typing, scheduling, catering yeah. lunches. Oh my gosh, all the scheduling. I know. And that's, then things just keep changing. And right. Like, and you've got to call the other the people with hunchbacks at the other castles. And people don't reply to the Google Calendar invitations. Uh, so and you you're don't like, know if they're coming or not. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to send out a doodle. And then it's like, can't we all just make our calendars public? Wouldn't that make everything Wouldn't easier? Wouldn't that be great? Man, Igor knows what we're talking about. Yeah, right. So does Riff Raff. Yeah, maybe that's why the coup happens. I would hope so. He's just sick of it. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to schedule your meetings anymore. This is garbage. No, I'm clearing your calendar, yeah. Dr. Frankenfurter. Yeah. Zap. I'm not going to put an away message. Wow. We're out of office message. Away message is a different thing. <laughs> we use AIM in this office. <laughs> in this universe. <laughs> I feel like Frankenfurter would have some very good away messages. They'd just all be like crazy songs. Yeah. And I don't have anywhere else to go with that bit. That's no. just sort of, that's, that's kind of, that's the sum total of that joke. <laughs> Those are the jokes. <laughs> the jokes. Not a tight five on Frankenfurter's instant messenger usage. Nope. Um, we got Magenta, who's an alien maid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Columbia, who's described as a, a groupie. So I'm going to call her. She is also an alien. Also, I don't know if she is. I think yeah. she might be human, huh. but she hangs out with the aliens. Yeah. But I, I like her outfit. I yeah, like exactly. Her, I she, like her whole makes, look. She makes it look good. Exactly. We've got Dr. Everett V. Scott, who is a human scientist rival to Dr. Frankenfurter and who studies UFOs. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocky, who is an alien-made beefcake. He really is. Yeah, right? And uh, Eddie, delivery boy and partial brain do- donor to Rocky. Yeah, they don't really go into that one a whole lot. Yeah, like the, they don't worry about plot so much. No. They just shove it in there. Exactly. Um, so some themes of this yeah. movie. Hey, let's talk about that. Um, sexuality is obviously a big one. Um, when one of your opening songs features Tim Curry and Garters and just killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's going to be a movie that pushed some major boundaries. Um, and I mean, it was the 70s, so so people were finding their sexualities in new ways. It's a lot of exploration. Yeah, but I think there's a lot to be said about... Um, a movie that is approaching openness about sexuality and sexual desire in mm-hmm. such a really confrontational way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so. I, yeah, and I think it gets at like, I mean, there is something very 
rooted in sci-fi of this idea of like subverting something very i mean brad and janet are such like the normal milk toast right. people and then the whole movie is about blowing up that existence yeah and so it's a lot about that sort of desire to just you know blow a subculture up out into the mainstream yeah um so yeah well well said thank you um nihilism is actually also mm-hmm. a big theme here yeah. um and like the movie ends in a place where like they describe humans as basically just ants and everything is meaningless. Yeah, it's like the flip side of the the subculture thing where like it goes it, it sort of goes mainstream or it but it's like it's destructive in a way. Well, like, and I feel like I wouldn't even say destructive. It's just like the world is nothingness mm-hmm. and and I wonder if that has to do with like the 70s and the Cold War and Vietnam and like a lot I, of pessimism like, in general. Yeah. I mean, like the the hangover from the free love movement and from all like well, the, yeah. from the activism of the '60s and all of that. Like, there's a there's a sense of burnout of like, yeah, we're breaking all the rules and then there's nothing a whole lot left, and so there's a turn and, into well, cynicism. I, yeah, I mean, but then still having that sense of like. I want to say like free love and, mm-hmm. you know, the disco era and like everybody hooking up with everybody. Yeah. But without a sense of like, we're doing this and we're going to change the world. It's yeah. just like. There's not a purpose to it. Yeah. And then you have people who are not straight and cis who still can't like come out. Right. And your sexuality is still being like shoved in the closet. Um, and how like. How it feels like. Again, like the, you know, the, the world has no purpose in that way where it's like, I can't be myself. I can't be open about who I am and who I love. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point of this world in which people are just expected to be straight and says? Yeah. And I think it, it feels very reflective of like the amount of like the chaotic way that people were talking about sex and sexuality and gender. Like it yeah. was all jumbled up and like confusing at that time yeah. because there wasn't the vocabulary to talk about stuff. Yeah. And, and even again, like it wasn't necessarily like there's a spectrum it Mm -hmm. like again like we were saying earlier it still feels more like the conversations are very much as part of a binary yeah even though you're 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 breaking the binary but in one way or you're you're acting in counter to something else yeah it's like you're you're tim curry and Mm. real kind of buff but also wearing stilettos and garters and like looking hot yeah um but yeah, it's like well, either it's it's either hyper masculine or hyper feminine or yeah. a combination of the two without being like well, there are other things too. It doesn't have to be one or the other or a mashup of both. Right, like even I mean the whole like Frankenfurter thing like exists in reference to and reaction against Brad and Janet. Yeah, and vice versa. Like there there needs there's still the sense that there is a status quo that you're pushing against. Yeah, or that you're you're defining yourself in terms of something that is very normative. Yeah, as opposed to just like being yourself. Right, and, and that it can be, be many different ways to be yourself, mm-hmm. um, and that like sexual freedom comes from like having sex with a bunch of people mm-hmm. instead of sexual freedom can mean what you want it to mean, right. and maybe that is having sex with a bunch of people, or maybe it's never having sex, or right. maybe it's having sex with particular people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it feels like, I mean, this this movie is like a bomb that got thrown in yeah. to, a, to a conversation and blew it apart. And yeah. I think we're now, we've spent the next few decades piecing things back together yeah. in a new way. But like, this was a destructive force, this movie. Like, to in the, a good in terms, way. Oh yeah, yeah, in terms of status quo. Right. I think like it was a, uh, 
an aggressive film, I yes, guess. It's definitely. not it's not looking to build something up as much as it is to like burst something outward. Right. Much um, like an alien bursting out of a chest. It really is actually. Yeah. yeah, that's the best metaphor I can think of. Thank you. Or a spoon getting thrown at a movie screen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so some things I like and think other people will like. Um, number one, Tim Curry is a friggin' rock star. Yes, he like, is. I like to think he's he is the show here. Mm-hmm. And and um I was looking up like, oh wow, this is his first like real big role. Because mm-hmm. he was in the musical and then he was in the movie. And like he's had this phenomenal career. Yeah. And just like watching him do um, Sweet Transvestite, I'm like, this is real impressive. Like, you're yeah. just a phenomenal performer. It was like someone making his debut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, it's a bananas story. Like, mm-hmm. if you couldn't tell, like, this is just like weird plot squishing together. And I think it's, again, an homage to like weird B-movie sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, the movie doesn't care if the plot hangs together or if the audience is following it. No, it's just about the tropes. Yeah, and like, and like an excuse to have musical numbers and have fun and have people in costume and hooking up. And yeah, it's just like, here you go. You're along for this weird ride. Yeah, it's like this totally anarchic politics yeah in the movie and i mean and that i mean not to to belabor it but like i feel like that does especially when it came out and i think for the generation who grew up around it like if that feels dangerous and subversive like, oh, totally. I, like I remember watching this in high school with uh with friend of the podcast robbie my friend robbie Aww. uh and like my dad coming in and seeing that we were watching this movie and granted this was at the phase of time where my parents were convinced that Robbie and I were smoking pot every weekend <laughs> instead of just reading comic books and eating uh, cheddar and sour cream ruffles. Um, well, I mean, I mean, when you describe it that way, the, I'm all like... of the indicators were there. Uh, I'm not saying that they were mistake that they were like off the mark in thinking this, they were just totally wrong Aww. and thought we were way cooler than we were. But like, I remember my dad like having a very visceral reaction to us watching this movie and being like, why are you watching this? Like you can't like it was the only it was one of the only times I remember like watching something that my parents actually got like worried about. Really? Yeah. And not in the like we need to sit down and have a talk about this. But it was just like I was having a very different experience of the movie than I think my dad had or like mm. that he thought that i was having because it, well, we were just like oh it's this fun bonkers movie yeah like what did what did your parents think of it was I it think, what do they think of it as like this more subversive thing or i think yeah i mean there's a lot i mean it's the the hypersexuality yeah. and subversiveness that way mm. i think uh was definitely is definitely a part mm. of it um you know i think this was like yeah it was it was just a lot I yeah think it, was, it was like i mean and it's also not a movie i would want to watch with my parents no oh no no i'm very glad that he wasn't like oh great pull up i'll pull yeah. up a chair this will be wonderful it's not like watching monty python where you're yeah. like this is weird but we can share this weird right it's like hey kids let's talk about what we take away oh, from this film it's like no i don't want to do that no. but it was like i it, i have a really visceral memory of that and like I can't think of a lot of other movies that my parents just like would have gotten weirded out by me watching mm. or did. So it, it, it packs a punch. Yeah. Um, I try, I think I don't, I mean, I watched it when I was at nerd writing camp. So thumbs uh-huh. up there. Um, <laughs> That's but, what you're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, but I think before then I just remember the, like in reference to it, my, like my cousin, 
I think it was Stephanie, like, I mean, she grew up in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So she, like, went to Rocky Horror Midnight Showings. Sure. And I think my parents were like, oh, yeah, that's what, like. That's what you do. Yeah, that's what you do, I guess. Yeah, you go and have it. Um, yeah. I think it was the counterculture implications. Yeah. You know, I was going to go off the rails and start, I don't know, throwing Ooh. Molotov cocktails or something. Yeah, and and um, doing the time warp. That's Put true. Your, I was just going to keep time warping just, all over the place. Um, take a jump to the left and a step to the right. That's how it starts. That's how it always it starts. And then you warp and you do it again, and you, you, you do again, and warp you do and do it again, again. And, and you never stop. You exactly. just keep doing it. It's yeah. It's a problem. That is, I mean. And then you kill meatloaf. You, I mean, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> what else? You have nowhere else to place yeah. your energy. <laughs> I have to say, like. Oh, so the the next point is um, the music is super fun. Oh, yes. Yes. And I think like, I do think it's actually like an, a weirdly long movie. Mm-hmm. Like I remember watching it again thinking like, wow, this still keeps going. It's so episodic that it just keeps like new stuff starts happening. Yeah. But I remember thinking like they could have edited this. Mm-hmm. Um that's like every movie in the 70s. Though. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at us with our YouTube generation. Oh, it's longer than five minutes? Oh, no, thank you. What is this? War and Peace? Oh, no. Uh, I'll just scroll over to another window. Exactly. I'll never <laughs> finish watching any video I've started. <laughs> Ever. Uh, I get the general idea. Yeah, right. It's fine. Um, but yeah, like, I do feel like the best songs are Time Warp and mm-hmm. Sweet Transvestite. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. I mean, Touch Me is a lot of fun. Even that, I'm like, eh. But I also, I'm like, eh, Janet, what up? <laughs> it's true. Oh, Janet. It's hard to feel good about Susan Sarandon these days, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, she's she's more, used up a lot of goodwill. Exactly. Um, But yeah, I think that, like, the, I think it is a show that I can see it working like Gangbusters Live as well. Oh, like, totally. Like, you can just ride that energy and, and keep going. And you've got an intermission for people to go get drunk during. Right. And I think... Again, the success of it came from it being a participatory event mm-hmm. because you can like yell things at the screen and throw right. things and there are people in costume. Like it's not There's just a whole like, ritual to it. Right. It's not just like sitting and watching a movie where you're like, oh, are you done yet? It's like right. you're part of this parade of weird and yeah. that's the joy of it. Yeah. It's about this weird community built up around this thing that doesn't really hang together, but like no. feels right. right. And everybody can find themselves in it or feel, feel at home in it. Yeah. Like I, I remember, I think before like Warner brothers or something shut it down, like someone started um, the Buffy musical oh, midnight yeah. showing mm-hmm. and it was the same kind of idea. Right. But it's like the people who went, like we all loved Buffy as a thing. Right. And then, you know, you could yell, like, shut up, Don, when Don was being annoying. <laughs> but, like, it didn't, it wasn't like, oh, I wouldn't just go watch this on a Saturday afternoon yeah. alone. And I'm like, I'm going to watch Buffy no matter what. Right. Like, this is about whereas, the experience. Yeah. Right? Whereas I don't know how many people were like, oh, I just enjoy Rocky Horror as a movie yeah. and outside like, of the, the the festivalness of it. Yeah, and the idea that, like, for so long, I mean, there wasn't an option to watch it in any yeah. other but a community setting. Right. Like, you had to go and find it. And so yeah. it was, I'm sure, as the much about... Days. Yeah, it was as much about being having an excuse to go out in your community. Oh, it was like, it's the internet before the internet. Like, you internet found before, a little subculture. It was the internet before the internet. It was chaotic and weird and strangely sexy, and you found a lot of things that you didn't know you were into yeah. that all of a sudden you were into yeah. with people all around you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so true. 
the Rocky Horror Story. Yep. <laughs> it's Tumblr the movie. Yay. Um, so, yeah, why don't you tell us about um, the Tumblr the TV show? New Girl, arguably one of the most Tumblrable recent sitcoms. Yeah. I would say. And just like, it makes for great gifts. It really does. Mm-hmm. I love these nerds. Oh, man. So, New Girl is a sitcom. Uh, it's way more standard than Rocky Horror. So, welcome, yeah, right? welcome to Normieville. Um, <laughs> New Girl is, uh, it was created by Elizabeth Merriweather in 2011. Uh, it ran for six seasons and actually just finished friend, up last friend year. Friend of the podcast, Elizabeth Merriweather. Well, I mean, she wrote a play that my theater company did one time. She seemed, I'm always on board for her. Like, oh, literally. No, she's amazing. I, like she's legit amazing. Yeah, I feel like she's someone who I'm like, I want you to do well, girl. Like, yeah. get it. Oh no, she's yeah, she's she's fantastic. So we support her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were in on the ground floor of Elizabeth Merriweather. Hashtag Hedatron. Um, so the show started in 2011, ran for six seasons, just finished up last year, and just left a big old true American shaped hole in all of our hearts. Aww. Um, fun fact that I discovered while researching, which. Wikipedia. Uh, its working title was Chicks and Dicks, which is actually like really? way more descriptive and clear than wow. the actual title they wound up with. I yeah, can I see bet. why like they Fox went with being New Girl, like, though. yeah, we're not going with that one. Well, this was like in the era of like, don't trust the snakes. In Apartment Twenty Three. Yeah, like they were. Everybody was like trying to be as subversive as possible. Um, with their... you're gonna have to snakes that out. Am I? Yeah. Is that one? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, family podcast where we talk about Rocky Horror. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, you hey. want to see a movie? Hey, come on. We got a suggestion for you. Um, the basic setup of New Girl is super duper simple. Uh, it's just it centers on Jessica Day. She is a school teacher who suffers a breakup and needs to find a new place to live. She winds up living with three hapless dudes in their loft apartment in L.A. And together they all grow and develop and become adults in a way that is like seriously so much more entertaining and compelling than the log line that I just told you would lead you to believe. Um, the show's marketing, I think, got it off on the wrong foot for a lot of people. It coined the term uh, adorkable, which yeah. we used earlier, very much in reference to Zoe Deschanel and her sort of perceived public persona at the time. Uh, but over the six seasons that it ran, it really managed to become like a nicer, more off-the-wall spin on the Friends-style hangouts. Yeah. Like, it really took the Friends recipe and then added delicious randomness as an element literally because friends started with you know rachel yeah leaving her leaving her fiance at the altar yeah yeah i mean it was yeah it's very much like in an homage to homage to friends either one whatever it's both it's both yeah (laughs) it's a fromage it's a fromage to friends it's called cheesy friends and it's gonna run for 20 years Mm -mm. that's gouda television Good night, everybody. I'm just going to go ahead and stop the recording right now. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it takes the idea of like the friend style hangout sitcom and makes it feel fresher and newer and nicer. Uh, And and, with people who you'd actually believe are friends. Yeah, exactly. And really track its characters, very believable growing up arcs among the ridiculous world that it built around them. Um, I think it always had a hefty sense of absurdity, but it grounded itself in 
caring for its characters and having them care for one another. Yeah. Um, so, hey, speaking of those characters, there's a bunch. Um, we have Jessica Day, played by Zoe Deschanel, in what everyone assumed was just a riff on who they thought Zoe Deschanel was, but was actually, according to interviews, uh, much more closely based on Liz Merriweather herself. Um, so I guess they just like the two of them kind of did a mind meld. Um, but no matter what, uh, the character allowed Deschanel to show off some really major comedic chops over the run of the show and deepen the sort of dismissive surface level accusations of manic pixie dream girldom that I think yeah. get thrown her way a lot. Definitely. Um, Jess starts off as a character who I think, um, people think of that, think, think is just very like bubbly and empty and like there's nothing else there. And then a lot of the thesis of the show is like deepening that archetype. Yeah, and not shaming her for liking the things she likes. Exactly. Um, but she is also someone who is really interested in education and yeah. kind of wants to like forward her career in different ways. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she she ends up being like a very full character without saying, oh, now she's with the boys. She's yeah. she doesn't care about cute she's dresses to be down anymore. To yeah, it's like you can always care about cute dresses. Yeah, I think it. Well, and I'll talk about it in the themes. But like one of the things that this show drives home is like there are a lot of ways to be serious yeah. and to be adult. Yeah, which I think um, Jessica sort of embodies. Um, she is uh, her counterpart is Nick Miller, <laughs> yeah. uh, a sentient trash bag with the soul of a poet. Uh, Jake Johnson uh, plays Nick and is the result of like 90% of the new girl gifts you will see online um, because he's one of the funniest just like improvisers of random weird lines. Um, he plays Nick as a loser who starts the series reeling from a bad breakup of his own and he gradually grows into a really compelling and believable romantic match for Jess um, without any like Ross Geller creepiness. I feel like it's interesting to say that because it's I feel like their arcs are reversed where when we start off, Nick is just such a ridiculous, again, like sentient trash bag. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and by the end of the show, we see Nick really coming into his own. And like and, aspiring to things. Yeah. And like coming to terms with a lot of emotional baggage and mm -hmm. like realizing that he is worthy of love and also that it's okay to like too adult and you don't have to be scared of that. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, on Friends, we have Ross who's starts off as like I'm a competent person and I'm like a pretty normal dude mm -hmm. and by the end of the show it's like you're like an a, a garbage muppet yeah he just gets more and more like infantilized and like yeah. mean and petty yeah. And yeah um so I think the show reverses those arcs a lot yeah. um speaking of which we have Schmidt uh, he's Max Greenfield's character on the show, and Max Greenfield just sort of does a tour de force of like a neurotic and desperate type of a type A overachiever who wants nothing more to be loved while also like bending the world to his will. And I think like Max Greenfield, like his timing is impeccable, oh, yeah. and like, his physical comedy, like yeah. he is, a, he's a total breakout on the show. But I, I actually found myself wanting to write that for almost every character. Yeah, so right. I'll just say it for all of them. I'm sure. And yeah, it's like in their different ways. Um, I just like I, I remember seeing like you know, um, behind the scenes or, mm -hmm. um, goofs from New Girl, and like I really liked seeing Max Greenfeld like make decisions about how oh, he was yeah. saying lines and i'm like oh 
you're so smart about this. Yeah, he's very precise. Yeah. Um, you have Coach, the original third roommate, played by Damon Wayans Jr. He only plays the. Uh, he only shows up in the pilot, um, and then Wayans left the show to go and complete the surprisingly renewed happy endings. Um, they thought that it would be canceled, so New Girl was going to be his next thing. It got renewed. He left the show. Then happy endings did get canceled, and Coach came back on the show and became uh, an occasional character who would and pop he, in and out. And he's very much like the the actual normal person yeah, he's the like, he's the straight he's man. like the guy you'd be like oh yeah i went to college with him yeah, he's the sports guy yeah um he thank god he left after the pilot oh though because he is replaced by winston bishop who is lamorne morris playing the secret and like actually not very secret mvp of the entire he, show um, Winston is a bird shirt loving incompetent prankster who is joyfully obsessed with his cat Ferguson and maybe one of the only like truly singular sitcom characters I can think of. I think the closest proxy is maybe Kramer on Seinfeld, but there's so much more honesty and heart and compassion oh. in Winston. Uh, he's just amazing. Like there's a point on the show where. I think in the second or third season, the show realizes that it has a hard time fitting him into other plot lines with the roommates. And I think they couldn't and, make him just the new coach of right. like, oh, again, like he's kind of the straight man. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, wait a minute, Lamorne Morris is a hilarious comedian. Yeah. I think rather than like trying to shoehorn him into the other characters' plots, they spend a season just making him weirder and weirder and weirder. And it works oh, so well. Winston and the puzzles. Oh my gosh. He's great. I love uh, him. Yeah. Uh, there is Cece. Uh, Hannah Simone plays uh, Jess's best friend. Um, and she's a really great, fun, refreshing spin on the best friend character and also on like the sexy one character character yeah um she's, she's a model like, but she's very practical and smart um she manages to find a comedic vibe and story that are completely her own um especially with winston which is one of my favorite pairings oh, i love them classic mess arounds good buddies mm -hmm. um i feel like she and um who is on um, bsg um the cylon who's the super hot one um oh trisha helfer yeah like mm -hmm. I think she and C and Hannah Simone had similar, I'm guessing they had similar experiences where it was yeah. like, you're hired to be the hot one. And then they were like, oh, you're f like funny or you could right. do drama. Like keep building stuff around. Yeah, you. like you're an actual actor. Mm -hmm. um, so good job, ladies. Yeah. Um, I know that we're going long, so I'm going to rush through oh, the yeah. rest of the characters. Uh, we got Allie, Winston's eventual girlfriend, played by Nassim Pedrad, Love who's her. always a delight. Uh, Reagan Lewis, uh, a perfectly fine Megan Fox. Mm. Um, she comes into the show to essentially cover for Zoe Deschanel's maternity leave in season five. I think she does a, a perfectly adequate job, but also I think her character sort of highlights and proves just how essential Zoe Deschanel was to the ensemble because she just doesn't have the same charm and the same and, connection. And the same comic ability. Well, that too. Um, there's a bunch of Jess's boyfriends like Russell Schiller. He's the rich one. Sam Sweeney. He's the pediatrician. Uh, Robbie McFerrin. He's the nice guy one who the show has a lot of fun injuring over and over and over again. And then there's all sorts of side and fringe characters. One of my favorite of which is Outside Dave, yep. who's just a guy who lives outside the building. <laughs> And, pops up every so yeah, often. It's like they, they use it whenever they need a punchline and they have to do something on a set outside of the building. Yeah. Um, themes and fun stuff. Teamwork makes the dream work. 
times a billion with this one. Um, this show absolutely lives and dies on its chemistry, like you were saying, Annie. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are characters who you believe would want to hang out with each other, and it keeps that up for six seasons, which is really hard. Yeah, um, it, especially considering they have life change over the yeah. six seasons. And I think it's also that the show is honest about that. It yeah. tracks the changes in their lives and doesn't force them into a status quo where the only choice is to keep making them bigger and angrier with one another. Um, the chemistry of the cast is undeniable and so deeply impressive. Um, it's worth watching just for that. Um, I think the show, another thing that I love about it, randomness and heart go good together. Um, yeah. It finds a really distinctive way for each character mm -hmm. to be their own kind of like mess. Um, but in having them love and support each other, it keeps a beating heart through all six of the seasons. So even with all this absurdity, it's anchored by um, the compassion that the characters have for one another. Um, and uh, I think, like I said before, there's lots of ways to be a girl or a guy or a serious person on a sitcom or in life. Um, all of the female characters in this show and all of the men male characters start off at seeming like they're going to be very easy archetypes and then spend the entirety of the series pushing against those archetypes and deepening them uh, and really finding new surprising wrinkles while still feeling like unique people. So I think the show has a lot of fun with expectations and how the audience expects it to find its humor. Um, and then the final and most important theme is Prince is love and he'll serve you pancakes. Aww. I just feel like I need to go watch that episode that all over episode again. Is amazing. Prince Prince is a guest star mm -hmm. in an episode and he's so good. He's perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's New Girl. Um let's talk about how do these thematically cross Ooh, over. That's a good question. Um randomness. Randomness. That is the number one thing. Mm -hmm. The um, world is absurd. And unexpected encounters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. there there is no real status quo. Yeah. I think um pushing against archetype. Yeah. Complicating definitely. archetype. Yeah. Yeah. I think like subversion as a whole. Oh, totally. Would be like the 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 watchword for these yeah, two. Yeah, and it's like one with a ton of heart and one that mm. is just like we're gonna put a heart in a blender. Yeah. And as any any good game of true American will preview, uh it can be fun to just make the rules up as you go along yeah. sometimes. Um True American is an amazing running gag on New New Girl where they just keep playing they have invented this game and you only ever see snippets of them playing it and it's amazing. I think there is a version there are rule that, sets. Yeah. It's one of my recommendations. For yeah. The oh nice. Thank um, you. So yeah, uh, those I think thematically those yeah, feel that's, solid. Yeah, that's the one that we'll go with. Yeah, and community. Why yeah, not? find your community. Mm -hmm. Um. So what? Uh. How does this happen? Um. So I'm thinking. Um. Well, I know it's pretty it's, doable. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like you know the. Let's just you know cut Brad and Janet out of this. Oh yeah, no, we They're don't. Boring. Yeah, who cares? Um. So the you know the crew is um. Oh, isn't there some episode where they're going camping? There's a lot of like road trip episodes. Yeah. Like there's the so bachelor they, party episode. Like, oh yeah. yeah. I think they're all just they're on the road together. They're on the road, flat tire. Mm -hmm. Stop at a weird house. I think because, uh, New Girl loves its meta textuals. What if they are going to a Rocky Horror screening? Mm. And then they get lost and they stumble. Like this, I feel like, is like a Halloween episode of New Girl. <laughs> they're yeah, like, right. They're all like going. And maybe like they've never, they find out that they've never even seen the movie. Like they yeah. just all know that this is a thing. Or they're like, like, oh, we should do it. Or, okay, Schmidt is super into Rocky oh Horror my God. from high school. Aww. And wants them to go do it. He hasn't been to a screening since high school. They all go in support of him, even though none of them have seen it. And they wind up at the actual mansion. 
Uh, does Schmidt realize that that is what's happening? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I don't what's know. I funnier? Th- I think it's funnier if he doesn't. If yeah. he's just like going through it and like assuming like, of course, the, we're just going to go knock on their door. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, you know, we're out of cell phone range. <laughs> he like, yeah, like we find out that he actually doesn't remember any of the plot of the movie. Right. Like, he's just like, um, it's about um, a bunch of drag queens, right? Okay. He spends a lot of time talking about how this was a formative experience of his life. And then it turns out he didn't actually go in. Like yeah. he got scared or Aww. something. He was scared of the movie. Like, or he maybe he's he was like, "This is a transformative experience in my life," and he was thinking of a different movie. Also, very yes. possible. Yeah, it was like the Dirty Dozen or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, or like Dirty Dancing. Yeah, or a chorus line. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, so yeah, I think that like he he is like they ha- they are finding themselves needing to navigate this based on their cultural osmosis understanding of Rocky Horror, yeah. and Schmidt is just insisting that everything is totally normal and fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, Jessica and Nick make a very fun spin on Brad and Janet. Oh, totally. Like, um, yeah. As kind of normal people. (laughs) Yeah. But like weird normal. Yeah. And I think that like, yeah, everybody, meanwhile, everybody in the mansion is expecting total squares to show up. Yeah. And then they're, you know, they want to get everybody in on a game of, uh, true American. True American and time, time warps true American. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Okay. So I'm thinking also, um, maybe the flat tire was actually a classic Winston mess around. Oh my gosh. He's pranking him. He's pranking him. And so he's, you know, he's, everybody's like, oh my God, flat tire. And he's like, oh no, flat tire. Yeah. And like, the whole thing ends up being like Winston engineered prank. Oh, yeah. And even like the aliens have no idea that it's him the whole time. Yeah, he's the like, one doing it. Yeah. 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 And they're still like staging. The coup is genuine. Like, oh, yeah. They're still planning that. But yeah, Winston has brought all of this together. Yeah. Like, he discovered this tra- this, this, this house. <laughs> he kills Meatloaf. <laughs> he kills Meatloaf. No, I think he lets Meatloaf die. Oh, yeah. But then maybe like he he's the one who like makes Meatloaf dinner. <laughs> Oh, Winston. <laughs> That's classic Winston. Classic Winston. Um, yeah, I think that, like, yeah, things just keep getting out of hand, and everything, as far as he's concerned, is going according to plan. It oh, is not. No. No. Um, oh, okay. Maybe he starts to realize things are going wrong when uh, when Eddie dies, mm-hmm. but then it turns out that it's an, it's an advanced prank by his ex-girlfriend, who's the really intense pranker. Um, oh yeah, what's I don't what's remember her, her name. name. Yeah, she's great. She yeah, she's a great Who's, minor like, character. Ends up being kind of his wife. Yeah, so like he starts getting freaked out, but then at the end, I think she she can come out and prove that this was all her prank. Yeah, on him. But I think in the meantime, we get to see him getting freaked out by like this guy dying. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I forgot about her. She's great, I know, right? Schmidt insisting that everything is normal and that these people are just weird uh, Hollywood Hills. Oh yeah, it's like where's Lindsay Lohan? Mm-hmm. Where's yeah. uh, James Franco? Oh, here? like I've never seen this before. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Nick and Jess are doing their whole uh, star-crossed lover thing. They have some small fight at the beginning of the episode, and so of course they need to find their way back to one another over the course of the of the time. Yep. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, they um, they don't hook up with Doctor Frank. Frank- yeah. No. No means no. Yeah, right. No means no. And then maybe like Dr. Frankenfurter is like trying to hook up with everybody, mm-hmm. but they're all just like having arguments and it's like a door slamming farce for they're, all of them. And they're way too neurotic to yeah. even think oh, about exactly. sex. I think uh, Nick is the closest to being into it. 
Like yeah. he has the closest moment of being like, well, I mean, Tim Curry is super hot. It but, was like, well, I mean, look at his legs. Yeah, but then he's he's he breaks away and he's totally fine. Um, and uh, and like Dr. Frankenstein is like, what is going on with right. these people? What is wrong with these idiots? These people are so stupid. Um, so yeah, and then I think like I mean I really think this is I mean similar to the to the Omen and what we do in the shadows. It's a lot of like the new girl cast interacting with the plot of yes. as such as it is yeah. of Rocky Horror. Um, so let's talk about some musical numbers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think the Time Warp and True American get mashed up for sure. Let's do True American and again. again. Yeah. Like the like they start the Time Warp and then they start folding in the rules of True American. Yeah. It's like it's it becomes... a jump to the left and then you have to jump on on the table because the floor is lava. Yeah. And shotgun a beer and, 40, and steps to the right. Continental states. Yeah. Et yeah. And so like they're all like that's the big raucous party thing happening at the beginning where they all decide that maybe they're in the right place after all. Yeah. Um. I think, I mean, Nick and Jess sing Touch Me. I'm just yeah. trying to think of the Rocky Horror songs as well. What's Eddie's song when he comes in? Um, he has um, Hot Patootie, Bless My Soul. Yes. Oh, man. Um, can, I, uh, can I make one uh, canonical swap? Yeah. As much as I love meatloaf, can Eddie be uh, Robbie McFerrin? Yes, I was like, if you're gonna say anyone, I hope it's Robbie. Yes, definitely Robbie. McFerrin. Oh, and I think um, the sci- the human scientist uh-huh. um, should be the pediatrician. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he comes like looking because he was supposed to like meet them there or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he comes looking for them, and he's in like full Frankenfurter garb. Yes, I think like he's like he's cosplayed. Oh entirely. yeah, like totally. Yeah. Um, I think Robbie actually crashes the motorcycle and dies. Yes, <laughs> he's like he comes in singing and then just like he gets about three bars into, into the wall. The song yes. and just smashes into the wall. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Robbie. Yeah, no, it's okay. He would want to go that way. Exactly. Um, there's um, I can make you a man, which is um. Oh yeah, what's Rocky's Frank's, deal in all of yeah. this? Like Rocky is. Maybe, maybe I can see like Schmidt feeling a little intimidated. Oh yeah, more than a little. Because of Rocky and like there being some like Schmidt CC. Oh, some tensions. Tension, yeah, yeah, I think Rocky is hitting on CC hard. Yeah, and and CC is just like I don't even care, and because she's a male model um, agent. Oh yeah, she's trying to like recruit. Oh Rocky. maybe she's yeah, she's trying to book him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that's great. Like she knows how to handle Rocky. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm, and maybe this is she, what I do. she gets him on their side. Yeah. She's like, this is what I do for a living. This is Don't fine. worry, honey. You're going to be just fine. Yeah. And I think Cece has like some super minor dilemma where like she just hasn't eaten yet or something like that. She's hungry. Yeah. That's a how I met your mother plot, I guess. From, uh, yeah. but like, Hey, it works. That's how I, that's it's, a plot of my life. It's got staying power. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think they're all running around. And then I think like. Uh, what are what are Riff Raff and Columbia up to? Um, other than so, trying to overthrow everything, yeah. Like I'm trying to think how they can interact with um the the new girl plotline. Go ahead. Well, so Allie is a cop. Yeah. As is Winston. Winston yep. is obviously he's he's distracted distracted by his uh mess around. Yeah, but maybe like Allie Frank is mastering. trying to keep an eye on things or like Yeah, Allie's like this is this seems real weird. And yeah. maybe she's even like this is just like this is a big drug ring. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, they're smuggling something. Yeah, here. right. These weirdos got to be up to something. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe they're trying to avoid Allie. Yeah, yeah. She's like chasing them around. Um coach is around. 
I want to say Coach makes like a fun cameo. Yeah, he pops up like once. Yeah. And then leaves. Yes. Yeah. Maybe in the finale, Coach shows up at the end once the house is already taken off. Yeah. He and like he, comes like, to he's pick their them ride. Up. Yeah, he comes to pick them up. He's like, okay, guys. And then he's like, there's nothing wrong with this tire. And then Winston just starts laughing. Yes. <laughs> That's when the prank is revealed. Um, although I guess we already knew. Anyway, we'll we'll workshop it out yeah, in the script. That'll be good. Yeah. Uh yeah, I feel like the games are kind of happening as we go. Yeah, because like again, I I in a weird way don't want any kiss your faces because I want the new girl cast to just frustrate yeah. the snakes out of all of the Rocky Horror people. Yeah, they're just snake blocking yeah. the whole time. Th- and the whole I think time. like I mean, New Girl is very heteronormative. Yes, very um, much so. But I do kind of like that it's like, no, the, the New Girl's cast, they can hook up whenever they want. Right. Like, it doesn't need to be like a big weirdo thing. Yeah, they don't need to like assert their sexuality. Yeah, they're just like, no, of course. like. And they're also like, they're they're too dysfunctional to be sexy. Right, especially in this situation. They're right. not like, ooh, let's go hook up in a weirdo castle. Exactly. Like, th- this is not what they're into. No. This is not their like, fetish. No. <laughs> they're like, we want to get on the road. This is weird. I think Nick is Nick has definitely hooked up in an old weirdo castle <laughs> yeah. before, and he doesn't well, want to relive it. Uh, well, no, I actually think because Nick's room is such a mess, he's mm-hmm. like, no, this, this reminds me of home. Yeah, this feels fine. This is normal. This feels totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that like it's mostly just like an insert fanfic. Yeah, and it's, and like the the Rocky horror char- horror characters don't seem like real people. Yeah, so it's like I can't even say who would be best buddies. Yeah, they really are just like urges. Like yeah. they're like they're 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 pushing forward. They're a bunch the whole of ids time. all yeah. over the place. And like New Girl is a bunch of ids that can't get out of their way out of their own ways. Like or they, I think they're super egos that can't yeah, they're get a bunch out of their of super own egos. ways. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a perfect mix them up. It's yeah. a classic mess around. Thanks, Winston. <laughs> oh, I like this crossover. Me too. Yeah. And then Prince shows up at the very end. Oh yeah, yeah. Prince runs the runs the planet. They're flying. It runs on uh, the galaxy of Transylvania. Yeah. Aww. He's the Overlord. Yeah. Oh, Prince. Prince can do whatever. <sighs> Dearly departed. Um, well, hey, if people want more of these fun types of things, um, where can they get more some more Rocky Horror in their lives? Um, so for some dark comedy musical fun, um, you can check out Reefer Madness, which is a satire of a 1930s cult classic movie sending up like the paranoia over pot, mm-hmm. I guess. It is a delight. Um, Kristen Bell is in it. Mm-hmm. And she's adorable and hilarious. I think also um, Alan Cumming is in it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Like more I forgot pe- about that. Yeah. Because I was watching a clip from it the other day and I'm like, wait a minute. Yay. Um, so, yeah. So good people. Mm-hmm. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. A musical about a plant with a taste for human flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, they also made, I think, a cartoon yeah, there was a there was a '90s Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. There was that and, and Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. They were just making everything into cartoons. They really were desperate. Okay, for content. it was desperate for content. Yeah, right. <laughs> I watched them. Mm-hmm. Um, Hairspray and really the general John Waters over. Yeah. Um, Hairspray is, is probably much... one of the gentler approaches. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, what it's like the com- it's the musical one, and it's all the stuff that he was pulling from. Yeah. Like he was the same kind of retro chic. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, although I guess Crybaby's also a musical. 
Oh, yeah. I always forget about that. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it, Waters really just handles dark comedy better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago, which is a funny, jazzy take on murder. Hey, hey. Um, You're in Town, which I actually haven't seen, but it's a big old satire fest. It's um, good. I think it's definitely in, in keeping with Rocky Horror. I feel like I... And good music. Yeah, heard, it's very I mean, I've heard fun. singles from it. It's very fun. It is very cynical. Yeah. As a musical, so like it's it's not it's not a musical that loves its characters very much. Yeah. But in in a fun, but it like it's incredibly entertaining and fun. Mm. Um, there is Xanadu, which is a cult oh, yeah. classic movie turned roller skating musical, which actually does love its characters. Oh yeah, and the musical is bonkers and delightful. It is, like it's just such a joy. Yeah. Um, it's roller skating muses and gods and 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 good times. Yeah. Um, Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, which is a punk rock take on an awful president. Mm-hmm. Um, Bat Boy the Musical, which is a musical based on a trashy tabloid story. Yeah, which I tried to get you to listen to once. No, I've listened to all well. of it. Well, I try. I know, but the first time didn't go well. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. I okay, well, also I was thinking of him as a literal giant bat. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think it's different when... When he's a person who's just bald with pointy ears. Right. Like, yeah. when when I was picturing this entire musical in my head as, like, a giant fruit bat. Yeah. Who is a talking fruit bat. And the, I was like, how are... The how, stagecraft alone! <laughs> how is he supposed to be in makeup for that long exactly. every night? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So yeah, it's a great show though. It's very the, the, well. The the music is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. I think again another show that might be too much on the doesn't like its characters enough side for me. It's got a yeah. It's got a cynical streak to it, and it it very much similar to Rocky Horror. It's very willing to just go totally bonkers with the yeah. plot. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole pan scene. So. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's weird. <laughs> um. Hedwig and the Angry Inch, mm. another musical dealing with gender and sexuality and drag. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that takes things a little more seriously. Yeah. Um, and again, real great music. Oh, it's just wonderful. Um, and Kinky Boots, um, which is yeah, about kind of drag and normal yeah. like life colliding. It's like um, very much in the Billy Madison, full Monty yeah, school, school of like good-hearted. British working class learns to... Think about gender in new ways. Right. Kind of show. It's delightful. Uh, yeah. So good job, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, other media that n- includes nods to Rocky Horror as a cult classic. So if you want the the Rocky Horror experience side Ooh. of things, um, fame, there's a big scene in there where the characters go to see Rocky Horror because it's the oh, 70s. Cool. Um, and fame is a great movie. <laughs> I love it. Yay. Um, don't watch the new one. Uh, there and there's perks of being a wallflower, oh, yeah. um, which yeah, I I feel like that's set in the 80s or I 90s. I think it's late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, but they still go to see Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like has that kind of appreciation for subculture. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, I loved the movie. I thought yeah. the movie did a fantastic job adapting the book. Nice. Um, so so definitely go see that one. Yeah, go check it out, folks. Um, and then for more B-movie fun, um, Walt, you can talk more about Mystery Science Theater. 3,000? 3,000. 3,000 was... Just- Nothing. Don't watch 2000. It's terrible. <laughs> no, Mystery Science Theater 3000, um, I talk about it a lot. I mean, it, I think, it has the same affection for dumb B-movies of the, like, 1940s and 50s um, and beyond. Um, and it, it, it really, like, 
yeah, it takes so much joy in both loving that aesthetic and also sending it up mercilessly. So it's super duper fun. Uh, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, I would also throw Ed Wood onto here. See, I didn't love Ed Wood. Oh, yeah? I think it's pretty charming. Although it's Johnny Depp, so never mind. I'll take yeah, it right? off. Yeah, right? Yeah, not worth your time. Um, but I can talk about New Girl. Yeah, some let's, recommendations let's there. Um, talk about some real real good, um, funny Yeah. Um, if you stuff. haven't watched Friends before, why not watch Friends? It's the source text that I think New Girl draws from at least to get itself rolling yeah. uh and it's fun to see the differences in the two approaches yeah and what it means for these shows to learn how to grow their characters because friends doesn't like friends yeah. is very much about status quo and new girl is a show that i think learned a lot of lessons from that um you can look up the rules to true american online um i think there's a few different rule sets i'm sure uh, yeah. but if you google it they'll pop up it's super silly and fun um i think bob's burgers uh oh, so is good Another great show about an assortment of dysfunctional wackadoos who all love and support one another in their dysfunctional wackadooness. Um, 500 Days of Summer, another really good movie that I think utilizes Zoe Deschanel in ways that are in dialogue with how the public sees yeah. her. You know, I think it, uh, another, yeah, another movie that complicates um, her persona as people have have decided that it is i don't even think it's ever a persona and she was trying for no and i mean it was a real like five-year span mm -hmm. of people just being down on her yeah because she was playing these characters exactly um, um but yeah i think she's delightful and she's great in that yeah. um community another great hangout sitcom uh with a very wacky sensibility and, and a fantastic cast oh my gosh such a good cast um the michael schur oeuvre Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and The Good Place, all delightful shows by smart people. Um, and then on the movie side, I think there's a lot of overlap in New Girl's aesthetic and feel with uh, some of the Judd Apatow properties. There's Especially a lot of, some of the warmer-hearted ones. Yeah, and there's just a sense of letting performers build the world that they occupy yeah. and letting the characters mm -hmm. kind of go places. Um, I think New Girl is much more well and tightly structured. Partly because it has to be because it's a sitcom, mm. but um, it's a more controlled show than I think Judd Apatow uh, creates. But uh, I love you, man, and forgetting Sarah Marshall. So basically, the Seth Rogen Judd Apatow collaborations uh, are not. I'm sorry, uh, not Seth Rogen. Um, Jason Segel uh, is. Oh yeah, I forgot because yeah. I was like, no, it's um, Ant Man. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. And, yeah. then, and then I was like, oh no, he's the other guy. Yeah, but Jason Segel, I think has a comedic persona that feels very at home with uh, the same kind of stuff that New Girl is doing. Um, I Love You, Man, and Forgetting Sarah Marshall are super just positive, lovely, heartwarming movies yeah. about very, very, very much about dudes. Actually, thinking of Jason Segel, I would also add um, How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. Which I feel like is actually the midpoint between Friends and New Girl. I think that's very true. I would read an academic essay about that. Yeah, in yeah, um, I think, I think TV how I, history. Yeah, because I think How I Met Your Mother made the transition from like the Friends era of three of three camera setup sitcoms, traditional status quo, nothing ever changes, and then brought it forward into like single camera sitcom that we see now. Yeah, um, um, yeah, and I think whereas New Girl allowed its characters to grow more, mm -hmm. I think the um, How I Met Your Mother team got very like locked into their idea yeah without realizing that like no you have to let your characters grow over time right. and, and the characters had moved beyond where they thought they would be when they started exactly the um but um, yeah, i love the cast so. yeah it's a delightful show um the music of she and him i like a lot uh yeah. zoe additional and she m ward real nice um, voice she's guys got, she's got a gorgeous voice she's a great songwriter it's very fun sort of throwback 1950s style pop 
Uh, and yeah, it's just great to put on on like a nice sunny day and drive around to. Um, and uh, if you want uh, if you want some more Jake Johnson with bonus Aubrey Plaza uh, and also good music, you should Google the music video for J.C. Brooks and the Uptown Sounds song Rouse Yourself. A, it's an amazing song off an amazing album, and it's a band that you should know. And B, the music video is Jake Johnson and Aubrey Plaza being delightful. So go check those out. Um, but in the meantime, Annie, if people want to check out more things that have to do with crossover appeal, what should they do? Um, they should check out all of our crossover appeal content at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us your stories about times that your parents were scandalized by films that you were watching and maybe thought that you were smoking pot even when you were never doing anything of the kind because you weren't cool at Aww. crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can talk about how um, Tim Curry has literally been in everything on our Facebook page um, and you know, tell us who your favorite Tim Curry incarnation is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dr. Frankenfurter is a great one. Yeah. Maybe you prefer him as Nigel Thornberry. Maybe you prefer him as the Russian leader in Command and Conquer Red Alert. That could be it. Mm-hmm. Or um, Captain Hook in Peter and the Pirates, which was yeah. a Fox animated TV show. Man, deep cut. I loved that. Heck yeah. Um, you can tweet us your favorite Jake Johnson gifts at Crossover Appeal. And um, you can you can do a classic mess around oh man and um subscribe on itunes <laughs> but don't prank us by by one starring that's a bad winston prank, prank. us by five stars. Yeah, that's, that's the ultimate prank yeah <laughs> um, do it yeah. for ferguson do it for ferguson he's the best um but yeah i think in the meantime we've uh we've done a very nice job here i think I we've agree. got yet another spec script that we can go start oh, pitching out to the world totally um fox you're you're ready for this yeah for the new girl reunion Aww. In 10 years, this would actually be a great reunion episode TV movie, and it would be way better than the televised Rocky Horror they did last year. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch that. Yeah, no, I saw clips of it. It's I great. saw the Glee Rocky Horror, no. and that was not worth it either. It doesn't really – it kind of needs to be the original. It doesn't right? fit as well in current parlance. No, and also you did it right the first time, and yeah. also the first time was weird enough, guys. Yeah, just leave it alone, everybody. Yeah. But, hey, don't leave us alone. No. Just hang out for two weeks and wait for us. You could be our surprise roommate. You could be. Surprise. Who knows? And Bodo's here too. Yay. Um, But in the meantime, uh, we'll see you again in two weeks with another classic mess around. Um, This has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. 